Welcome in to a midnight edition of Sportball. The kids are in bed. Recorded at 10.26 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) The kids are in bed. It's time to let loose. 10.30 p.m. on a Thursday. I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Seth. Our other good friend, Kyle, not with us because he is with child. Um, (laughs) You know, with child generally means pregnant, right? Kyle, yeah. Kyle is a new kid. I just got a new microphone, so I don't know what's the bigger deal. 50-50. Well, considering your microphone doesn't work. They didn't need to know that. Probably the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So if I sound the same as last time, it's because... You are the same. Kyle has a child. So... (laughs) He might be joining us, though. Despite that, because he's truly yeah, dedicated. That's true. We should say he said he might join later, so we shall see. I hope he comes in hotter than butter that's left on the counter in a sweltering summer day. Uh, <laughs> so, like, mildly warm? Yeah. Yeah. So, this is, I should say, I actually didn't run this by you at all, Seth, but this is our last podcast of the summer. I'm saying right now, I'm announcing to our listeners. I mean, we may check in NBA free agency that, you know, that probably would be good check-ins if anything big happens, but you know, we're not going to be covering the MLB. We're not going to stoop to that sort of level. God, no. So the NBA finals just ended. We're going to give a recap. We're going to give a little tantalizing tease for some potential summer activity. And then we're gone. We're on a boat somewhere off the coast of Monaco. We don't know where we are, okay? And we you won't hear from us until August or maybe July. Or if you're smart, never again, because you don't continue to listen to us after this. <laughs> but when we come back, I might have a new microphone and Kyle will almost certainly have a new child. Another new child? Or Yeah, didn't I tell you the news? My God. <laughs> The old expedited pregnancy. So, so here we are. We are three, four days almost off of the finals. The Denver Nuggets won on Monday, 94 to 89, to wrap up the series in five over the Miami Heat. And boy, I got to tell you, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I didn't have a dog in this fight necessarily, but Jokic is one of my favorite players. The Nuggets are probably my second favorite team to watch. Just love the way they play. So you did have a dog in the fight, really? Yeah, but it wasn't like my dog. It was like a dog that I dog sat. You know what I mean? Mm, sure. Yeah. Um, Jokic with a cool 28, 16, and 4, and 12 with 16 shooting in the final, despite no one else being able to shoot whatsoever on either team. Hence why he only had four assists, because they just couldn't make anything. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so, yeah, speaking of couldn't make anything, they were five from 28 from three when it all came through at the end, and yet they still won. Yeah, I um, mentioned to you during the game, like, this is what separates Denver, at least this season's team, Denver from the Celtics, where if the Celtics have a abysmal shooting night from three like that, they just yeah. don't have a plan B. Yeah. Joe Maz is just like, I'll keep shooting them. Just keep jacking them up. <laughs> And like, you know, with very few exceptions, game six in the Eastern Conference Finals, incidentally, was one of those exceptions. But 
pretty much if we have a bad shooting night like that, we're going to lose. Whereas Denver has the luxury of, well, let's throw it to the best post player in the league and he'll get us a bucket or we'll have a backdoor cut and he'll find somebody for a layup or yeah, a Jamal Murray mid-range shot off of a Jokic screen, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why I love watching the Nuggets so much. Yeah. It's not just Jokic's brilliance. It's just, like you said, they're not so dependent on three. Oftentimes in today's game, you know, I still love the NBA. I love the way it's played. I'm always going to consume it. Um, but we are getting to a point where a lot of teams just play drive and kick, just keep driving and kicking to get open three. And it's not to say the Nuggets don't do some of that as well, but they're really, like you said, a three-level scoring team you know, in large part due to their two stars and their two-man game, Jamal and Jokic, the way they can work the entirety of the floor. I mean, they even started against the zone against Miami. We noticed later in the series, they started moving Jokic around kind of to the baselines, right to the sides of the zone instead of the middle and opening up new stuff there. It was just cool to see all the different things they can unlock on offense. Um, But in the end, they really won this series with defense, right? Which... That had always been the big question with Denver. Can you build a championship defense around Jokic um, at the five? Well, you bet your ass you can. Okay. He was great on defense in this game. Um, and Miami was not scoring even 100 in this series. They weren't even sniffing it except for the one game they won. So that was impressive to see. Jimmy Butler, pretty disappointing in this game, right? He was kind of awful all game until he went on a one-man 11, 11 or 13-point run, I think, in the fourth quarter by himself, including a despicable, despicable three-point foul wherein uh, Aaron Gordon was punished for having the guts to have his ball sack near Jimmy Butler <laughs> as he, he rose for three. And We got to talk about that for a minute. I mean, that was... sack kicked in. Yeah, that was tough. Atrocious, like... Of course, Kyle's not here to have us berate him for defending the call, but the way Kyle described it, Aaron Gordon ran into Jimmy Butler's legs when in reality, it's like how you described it. He was in the vicinity, moving slightly towards Jimmy Butler, and then Jimmy Butler kicked his leg out. It's like, if you can't stand there, how can you defend anyone who's shooting? Like... It, it was outrageous. And then the fact that they reviewed it and upheld the call, I just don't understand it at all. And if that's truly like, I mean, I can't remember seeing a play quite like that, that was called that way. So it makes me question, like, if that is really the right call according to the rules. And if it is, the rules really need to change. It was despicable. It was deplorable. It was disgusting. It was disingenuous. And frankly, I won't stand for it. So I was sitting. <laughs> so you mentioned I'm, Jimmy Butler, though. I did. What do you think they, happened to him? I, I think I've been thinking about this a lot. Mm. And I think it's one of two factors. Timothy Butler Jr. Timothy Buckets, some call him the Himmy. He what he's a maybe a top 15 player he's obviously not on Jokic's level right. he gave all he could 
in the early rounds. And I think he just ran out of steam, frankly. Um, he They depend on him a, for a lot on the offensive end and a lot on the defensive end. And he's just not an elite shot creator. He can be that on a given night. But if you're, you know, a player of Jimmy's status, that's not the great of the greats like Jokic, and you're trying to carry a team that was an eight seed round after round after round, I think you just ran out a little bit of juice. And I think Aaron Gordon especially bothered him when he was guarding him. He, he did not feel confident taking him one-on-one because he's just such a, one of the few players that's bigger and stronger than Jimmy, but can still move laterally with him. Um, so listen, Jimmy's one of those players that I feel like he has it perfect because we're like somewhat surprised when he goes on a run like this. So we just, he preys on him. And then when he, if he falters down the stretch, we say, well, you know what? It was great that they were here anyway. They never, never expected to do anything. He's not one of the three best players in the league. Okay. And we move on, which is, I mean, I guess that's fair. Yeah. And he benefits from, you know, you could look at it one of two ways. You could say, well, he benefits from coasting in the regular season. And do we really want to reward him for that? Or you could say, you know what, he just gets better in the playoffs. So if our expectation is the way he is in the regular season, anything above that, which he clearly did overall of this playoffs, then we look at, you know, with rose colored glasses, it reminded me a little bit um, of the finals against the Lakers a couple of years ago in the bubble. Mm-hmm. when he was playing like at LeBron's level for some of that series, like game three, he scored 40 um, on 14 of 20 shooting. But he just eventually he comes down to earth and he shows like, yeah, he's not a top five, top 10 player in the league because he can't sustain that production like some of those players can. Right. And in game six, you know, Jimmy Butler, supposedly Mr. Clutch, right? He had 12 points in game six. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And if you look at this playoffs, like against the Bucks, he scored 35, 25, 30, 56, and 42. And then, you know, kind of had flashes of that dominant self against the Knicks and the Celtics. And then against... Denver, again, credit to Aaron Gordon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me make sure these numbers are right. Yeah. Denver, he had 13, 21, 28, 25, 21. Yeah. Pedestrian at best, I would say. Um, Right. Yeah. I mean, but... Yeah, that's that's what you expect, right? The greats are the greats because they can average 30 points for entire playoffs. Uh, we, right. We're not going to see that from Jimmy, but that's what makes him such a tantalizing player and such an interesting player that when you think about how he's going to fit in historically, right? He's like a yep. Walmart Kawhi Leonard where he just brings it for the playoffs. He's not going to have the regular season accolades. He doesn't stack up all-stars and all-NBAs, right? But he has a couple deep playoff runs where he's the guy. And, that's got to matter too. So very, very interesting. Um, and it was a great run for the heat when all, when all said and done, 
they made it through the, the two best teams in the East. Um, certainly they, they gave it their all. They made Denver fight for this last game tooth and nail. Um, and it's certainly a memorable season and successful season for them. But let's celebrate the Nuggets a little bit. Okay. Lots. Because they do have a player who does average 30 points for the playoffs in Nikola mm-hmm. Jokic. And the Nuggets got their first title in team history, 46 years. That's a long time to be a franchise and not have a title. In fact, I believe they were one of the leaders in such a category um, for being an NBA franchise without a title. Um, I'm just so happy Jokic got a ring so that those of us that sing his praises from the rooftops are finally validated. Um, they had the parade today. There he is, baby. Hey, I made it. Kyle, Kyle you're just in time to hear us sing the praises of Nikola Jokic. That hasn't happened already? We kind of, we celebrated the heat first, which we wanted to do while you weren't here because you love them so much. You're welcome. <laughs> I, hey, before we go then on to Jokic, I must yeah. be said... This was very close, despite the record of being a very like a extremely competitive and even Miami heat led series. If we think about it, this guy comes out. I'm already mad. It's, he's been. If on, you what, think about seconds. it, the Heat really were ahead. From really, they won the series. Let's hear him out so we can berate him. Here's the thing. What was it? Game. Um, game four. The Heat could have won that. Uh, what was it? It was a seven point game with like four or five minutes left. Um, bad shot making down the stretch. That's one of those games that you kind of think that the heat would win. I feel like if that was, uh, if we look back to the Boston series, if it was only a seven point game with four minutes left, I'm sure Seth would have been like, well, that's it. We lost probably not though, because he's been rooting for Boston, obviously his whole life, but um that's a game so, that could have been won by the Heat. They could have been going back to Denver tied 2-2. And then Jimmy almost did what Jimmy does in the fourth. They could have brought that back. Again, last two minutes, some atrocious, atrocious plays that were made on the Heat side that we don't typically see. And they could have closed that game out. It could have been 3-2 Heat going into game six in Miami. Kyle, I got to ask you, and I don't mean this to be insensitive. Did you get even dumber since you had a second child? <laughs> you don't agree? No, couldn't agree less. Uh, they, it was not that close of a series. Denver was way better. However, I'm not saying they weren't better. Mm-hmm. They obviously were. They won. But I'm saying... I think it could. It was a closer series than it shows up on paper. I will say one of the things you said was valid. Where we're coming into this series, the Heat were like plus ninety in the fourth quarter in the playoffs, and every close game they pulled out. That did not happen in this series, and you know that's just a combination. I think of kind of the Heat running out of gas and the Denver just being better than any team that they had faced so far, in my opinion. Yeah, um, no, I don't disagree. I mean, we saw some incredible performances by what the normal NBA fan would call role players from the heat. Right. And Mm -hmm. we didn't really get that as much, nearly as much. Like there was a couple moments where like Caleb Martin had decent games, but he was still only taking like seven shots in some of these games. Jimmy, his efficiency was 
not there at all. Bam was extremely inefficient. I feel like for a lot of the playoffs, actually, he was pretty inefficient for what Bam is, which was surprising, but it worked the first, whatever, three series, but it didn't work against the Nuggets because when they needed to, they were cleaning up rebounds in the paint. They didn't have to do that every game, though. So what I'm saying is, obviously, Denver was the better team. They were the better team coming into this, and we knew that. It was always a long shot that the Heat were going to win. But looking back on, like, two of the games where we thought, hey, Miami could have won this, Miami really could have won those games, even if they just had a couple, you know, all they would really needed was to hit a couple extra shots that just didn't fall. And it could have been 2-2 going to Denver, and they could have stole that game five. Yeah, but their players aren't as good, so that's why they didn't fall. Yes, exactly. I just think they kind of ran out of gas. They used their their clutch shots in the first couple of rounds, you know? And I don't know, obviously, what you talked about before I got here, but there's a lot of... you, actually. That's perfectly fine, Um, (laughs) as as to be expected. I think next year, we're going to be talking about the Heat going on a run again in the playoffs if they do make a splash in free agency, like it's kind of being hinted at, like... They're well, we're going to get there because they okay, have I was gonna juicy say, yeah. odds for next year. And yeah, I need one really of you to drive well. me to Vegas tonight to because, place like, a sizable <laughs> wager. <laughs> I mean, there, there's talks, right, of, I think, Bradley Beal. Oh, we're going to get there. Okay, we'll we're, get there. We're going to have some reps. I, I forget that I'm joining very early still. Yeah, we, we've all we've done is just a brief finals recap so far. Excellent. Um, off season is coming up next. But, Kyle, do you have anything to report on your kid before we – Seeing the praise of Jokic, is he the second? Uh, he knew he knew we were podcasting tonight, so he decided to um, find his, his vocal cords uh, this evening. <laughs> After being a very quiet baby for the first three days of his life, and uh, yeah, just didn't want to eat, wanted to eat, but also didn't want to eat. And here we are. I've been there. You got it done. I've been there too. I, I just had that happen right before the pod, and then I just slammed the rest of my Olive Garden. Uh, Yo, G. <laughs> <laughs> when you're there, you're there. That's what they say. That's so facts. we're just talking about how happy Jokic is that he got his. We're happy that Jokic got his ring. Um, what can I? Does this cement you... him as a top twenty player all time already? Just with well, this let me ring? read you some stats. Okay, I know the same I gave stats you... he's read us every time we podcast. But I was please. gonna say I know he gave you some fancy stats last time. Can I give you points, rebounds, and assists? Will you allow me that? One, uh, one, and one, baby. The nerds, <laughs> the nerds can't come again, come at these stats, all right? Or the anti-nerds, I guess. The jocks. Yes, Seth. So speaking of Nikola Jokic being Uh-oh. the leader of the entire playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists, I did a little I didn't research. Say that yet. I was going to ask. <laughs> that's been done I also said that. True. I did I also say that. One, I said one, 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 and one, baby. Then you, you thought our listeners just knew what that meant? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jokic was the first player ever to lead the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. So and Seth, in an extremely minimal amount of games. I let me set you up, Seth, because you're you're just jumping into this as if you didn't do hours of research. Seth told us that he went on a deep dive, a historical research session. You know how, like in Indiana Jones, he takes out that big book and shows him like the the covenant or whatever. That's basically what Seth did, okay? He found the, the oldest book in the library about basketball, and he combed <laughs> through it to give us these stats. All right, go ahead. That's correct. So I just was wondering, because everyone was talking about how this has never happened before, I was wondering, okay, has anybody come close? What has it looked like throughout history? Okay. So here's the list of names dating back to 1960. 
of players who have led the whole playoffs in two categories. Will Chamberlain, Bo Russell, John Havlicek. Mm. Yep. Jerry West, Kareem, Bill Walton, Moses Malone, Larry, Hakeem, Shaq, Duncan, LeBron, Draymond. Green? Draymond Green. It was rebounds and assists, not points. I you could have told us that. Yeah, yeah. you could tell us that. <laughs> Giannis, my boy himself, Jason Tatum. Mm. And obviously Nikola Jokic. No MJ. So then, no MJ. Wow. You know, Somewhat surprising. Yeah. Not really like a huge points or not really a huge assist or rebound guy. So obviously some huge names. You go back. A vast majority of those are centers or big men who did it with points and rebounds, which makes sense. So then if you look back, okay, out of those times that it happened, and some of those players obviously did it multiple times, how many of them were close to getting the third at all? So you go back, there are a lot of examples where it wasn't close at all. Like Havlicek in 68 was like a couple hundred rebounds behind Bill Russell. Um, Jerry West in 73, not in the top 10 in rebounds. Hakeem in 86, not in the top 10 in assists. Shaq in 2000 and 02, not close in assists. <clears throat> Duncan, um, mostly not close, although he was one of them. Okay, so the players who are close since 1960 – was really just Larry Bird in 87. He was third in assists that year, first in points, first in rebounds, but he was still 54 assists behind Magic in the lead, which is still quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Then it's all the way to Duncan in 03, first in points, first in rebounds. He was 36 assists behind Jason Kidd. So kind of close. And then all the other years that were at all close belong to LeBron. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so just going through each of the LeBron years, 07, not that close. He was 70 rebounds behind Duncan. 2012, he got rebounds this time, but was 98 assists behind Rondo. Okay, this is where it gets Rondo. interesting. Yeah. 2013, LeBron with Miami. Just 21 rebounds behind Tim Duncan would have had it. Two years later, 12 rebounds is mm. all he needed. He would have passed Dwight Howard with 13 re- more rebounds that year. Come on, LeBron. Uh, 2017, he needed 28 more rebounds to pass Kevin Love on his own team. He would have had it. 2018, 22 rebounds behind Draymond would have had it. And here is the clincher, my friends. In 2020, in the bubble, LeBron, first in rebounds, first in assists, the whole playoffs. He had 580 points throughout the playoffs. Anthony Davis had 582. Oh! One more three-pointer. LeBron would have done this in 2020 and we would have seen it happen the first time ever in 2020 and then happen again in 2023. 
How many games First did that take him, though, in 2020? Let me check, Kyle. Great question. Well, he lost to his own teammate, though. Yeah. So it's not like the games are different. Well, I'm just saying in terms of this playoff run by Jokic, they played 20 games. Not a lot of games. Yeah, and they lost four times in four rounds. But in most in most years, you'd only be in contention with the people in the finals or the people who made the conference Right, finals. and yeah. You're kind of those series against, probably right. went longer than five games each <laughs> on average. Right, but you're only comparing – Jokic to his peers this year and how many games they played, really. Wow. What could you be watching right now that you're reacting like that? Uh, is it Jokic's is, horse racing? USA is playing Mexico right now in the uh, CONCACAF Park, semifinals. Uh, Cuff. Oh, yeah. Our team is so good now. Oh, yeah. I was going to bring this up at the end of the podcast. Just a little toss it in, but while Seth's looking this up, I figured... Some beautiful goal-saving performances right here down the stretch. USA is up 2-0. Pulisic has scored both goals, according to Ben. I was driving when they both happened. Nice. Uh, our team, though, is incredible now. We're going to win forward. the World Cup in three years. The one that's at our home? Yeah, which we're going to a game. We're definitely yeah, we'll not going to win the World Cup, but yeah. Come see the sport ballers. Should we bet on it now? <laughs> it's worth a fiver. <laughs> uh wow. well he he only played uh 15 21 games okay so one more game wow that's it okay yeah it was he they won in five all three series except until the finals and then it was six what were what were the lebron stats you said it was five eighty how many points he had 580 points five davis points. had 582 how many rebounds and assists did he have 226 rebounds, 184 assists. Yeah. Pretty the point. The point is, this is historic. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, this is nothing to take away from Jokic. I'm not trying to say, like, oh, well, I mean, he was not really the first one to do it. LeBron basically did it already. But, I mean, even just he thinking about the though. names on that list, it's like – he and LeBron are the only players in history to come close. Yeah. You know, Duncan kind of close. Nobody else was anywhere near close. And so when you think about the players who are dominant in a versatile way, it's Jokic and LeBron over anybody in history. Yeah. And that's the thing I was, I, I was kind of about to say is like, we a lot of times we use all these numbers for Jokic and people are like, oh, well, those are just nerd numbers, whatever. But you know, if you just look at his points, rebounds, and assists, yeah, just like, straight counting stats, it's still the best. This playoffs, he averaged essentially 30, 14, and 10 on 55, 46, 80 shooting. And in his career, he's averaging 28, 12, and 8, basically on 53% shooting. He's top 20 all time in the playoffs for career averages, points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game. So what like what more do we need to see? He's already a top 25 player of all time, and he's 28. So. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think 25 is too low. Like, Jokic yeah, or Dirk. Honestly. 
you've got to take him over Dirk at this point. I mean, I guess he doesn't have like obviously even half as many years. And so you say, well, he's got to earn it still, but like he's accomplished as much as Dirk did in his whole career, other than like total number of points. Yeah. Right. It's hard to say because obviously the career stats for others are larger than him, but he's going to go down as one of the all time greats. There's no question about it. Um, If you like, if you like wins, if you like winning, he's third in win shares in playoff history. MJ first. George Mikan slept on, some people say, second, and then Jogic. So if you like points, rebounds, assists, and wins, he's your guy, you know? And you know what? Truth. He ended up showing up to the parade, even though he didn't want to. And today yeah, he, had a he, good said, time. he fucking loved it. <laughs> he said he doesn't want to leave. <laughs> he said, you know what? I said, I don't want to stay on the parade. I fucking want to stay on the parade. <laughs> <laughs> That post, that that interview afterwards when they asked him about that was absolutely hysterical, though. It's just such, um, just really encapsulates who he is as, like, a player where it's really just a job to him. And it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, he goes to work, does what he needs to do, and then he's home. And he's a family man. Right. He's like, I need to go back home. I can't yeah. stay. <laughs> Someone commented, it was like, it's like when the homies beg you to come out and you're like, no, I just want to stay in. And then you come out and have a great time. <laughs> it's like exactly what Jokic was. And like, very relatable. You know, yeah. He like, he's just, he doesn't care about it all. Like, he left his, he got finals MVP. As soon as he received the trophy, he left it on the table. You didn't, he wasn't with it the rest of the night at all. <laughs> and then they asked him where, like, where he kept it. He's like, well, I left it in the equipment manager's office. It's not there anymore. So yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where it is. He's like, he's such like a, a relatable NBA player as much as you can relate to an NBA player, I feel like, because it's mm-hmm. like, I go to work too, I do what I need to do, and then I just completely forget about it and don't even think about work once I'm yeah. done for the day. Yeah. I feel like that's just how he approaches the game of basketball. And you could tell just too, right? He's like, it's never, never been about him. It's always about the team as a whole. And he's like, just the most selfless, selfless superstar that we've seen yeah. in a very long time and it's like it's not it's, like he's tim duncan he's basically tim duncan but he is better <laughs> it, it's like it's a not life or death for him he comes in you know he puts in the work he has joy finds joy with his teammates and then he goes home you know and that yeah i'm the same way i don't come home and think about work but i'm also not the best engineer in the world and he's the best basketball player in the world and <laughs> still does that so don't sell yourself short sam yeah right, you're, you're in commercials dude <laughs> that's true <laughs> Uh, the, just quick thing on Jokic. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard this, but Austin Rivers was telling a story about him, and he was like, "I remember one game we were we were like down in halftime, and everyone was like kind of dejected in the in the locker room, and then I look over and Jokic is playing a video game <laughs> on his phone. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, and then he went out and dominated the second half, and we won. I was like, that's just perfectly encapsulated. So like he's just like I said, it's not life or death for him. He just goes out and puts in the work. Can we say also, obviously, less playoff appearances so far than Steph Curry, but he is shooting better from three-point from Steph Curry for his uh, playoff career. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you can't really compare it. No, I just think it's a funny stat. And teams will, you know, give it to Jokic and let him shoot from out there, and Steph's half of his attempts are with guys draped all over him. But it's true. I mean, he's obviously a legit threat from three as much as any big man 
just about ever. So, right. Unlike Carl Anthony Towns, who said that he, <laughs> when he hangs up his sneakers, everyone will remember how much he changed the game. And that also what the Timberwolves did in the play in last year was actually more impressive than what the Nuggets did winning the championship this year. <laughs> that dude is whatever he's smoking, man. Absolutely the most clueless man <laughs> we've ever had in the league. Uh, also, Kyle, I don't even know if I should tell Kyle this, but Doc Rivers on Bill's pod said that Del Curry says the best shooter in the in the household is Seth Curry. <laughs> My fucking boy. I've been saying for years. If Seth just got the opportunity, you know, it's a shame he wasn't like recruited for a big time college school or like. I mean, you know, had a chance to prove himself for multiple teams, but it's like, I don't know what these coaches are looking at, but it's not the same player that me and Dell are looking at. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, I know you want to take a look at next year's title odds. Oh, please. Off of DraftKings. Now, it's, DraftKings, it's, you're it's obvious. I mean, Denver's first, right? Yeah. So odds. Um, now's a good time to get in DraftKings. We're on the up and up. Uh, Nuggets at plus 450. Juicy. That's so true. Yeah, it's so early. I mean, but they've been talking well, about it on all the podcasts this week, right? It's like, who from the West is really going to challenge them? Obviously, there's a lot of moves, I think, that are going to happen over yeah. the offseason, at least that are predicted to happen. Maybe even then, within the next week, as the draft comes up, there's a lot of talk about some churn that might happen. But yeah, they have such an incredible core. It's like, wh- what do you do? Yeah, and everyone else in the West has so many questions. A lot of times... You know, after the after the finals over, we look back and like, oh, man, there are a couple teams that are on the up and up like, you know, they got them this year, but they're coming. I don't really feel too strongly that way, you know, about anyone in the West, like maybe the Kings, but um, they're still a little ways away. So, yeah. So Nuggets at plus 450, Celts at plus 550. Sat you like that? Every year, baby. Just toss them up there. <laughs> I think um, according to the projections and the, the statistical models i believe we already won the championship so <laughs> we're trying to repeat right they're still favored to beat miami i think <laughs> yeah. uh the bucks a plus 650 okay we'll see what happens there the suns a plus 850 they still have kd and booker they still also technically have chris paul and deandre ayton so. <laughs> and that'll come up in speculation our speculation segment uh the warriors at 12 to 1 Juicy getting the Warriors in mm. double digit odds, I have to say, even though not an inspiring playoffs by them. The Lakers of Los Angeles at 12 to 1. Who knows who they'll get in the offseason? Um, Philly at 13 to 1. Please. Not a chance, right, Seth? It'll be a dark day in hell before Philadelphia wins the championship. <laughs> It'll be 1300 to 1. <laughs> and then I'll tell you what I really like, Kyle. Tell me Miami's odds. Miami 20 to 1. Wow. I mean, pound it, dude. Pound it. Are they ever going to learn? I already pre-started my car. If you'd like to me pick you up on the way to Vegas, <laughs> this is to win the championship or just make it to the finals. To win, to win yeah. To win, yeah. I mean, still. Listen. Every year for like the past eight years, it's been the Warriors of Miami have been in the finals. Have you seen that? And they've never yeah. ended up playing each other. <laughs> no, they never did because it was like eras crossing over, right? Oh my god, I forgot to mention, but. The Nuggets are the first West Coast uh, or Western Conference team that's not in California or Texas to mm-hmm. even make the finals since the 79 Sonics. Yeah. What the hell, nuts. dude? 
I think we have too many people in those states. Got to move them wild. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I love love those Miami odds, obviously, as we talked about, right? There's a lot of speculation and rumors about acquisitions they might make this offseason. I think it's we saw it, right? They're, I don't want to say a superstar way, but they're a superstar way, essentially. And Bradley Beal's not a superstar, I don't think, but he's still a star. And he he could score, which is kind of huge for what they need for the program. But there's also Dame, right? Yeah. Dame also mentioned on a podcast that if he was going to go anywhere, it's Miami or it was um, uh, where was the other Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. right? Yeah, because of Mikel's his boy. Yeah. Um, you know how incredible quick. Dame would be on that Heat team? How disgusting that two man game between him and uh, Bam would be. Oh my god. Yeah, let's just let's just dive right into our well first one more one more odds thing, Kyle. I just need to know your reaction on this. There's a team that's a hundred to one, and I know you're gonna like them. And it's the Oklahoma City okay, Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Hey, we can have them once they're in the playoffs. Easy, yeah. Just cash. They're out. making the playoffs. Yeah. What All are right. the Spurs odds? I'm glad you asked 200 to one. They're three teams behind the Thunder. There's no way, though, that they make a run this year unless they I, I go mean, for some crazy trades. Yeah, like, exactly. If it was heard, like if they got Dame or Chris Paul yeah, or somebody. Of that right. Ill. Chris Paul, I was going to say, I feel like is probably the most likely and the leadership that he brings and the teaching that he'll be able to do throughout the season with Wemby is like that's scary then. Yeah. It would be just like it would be just like when Tim Duncan won, except for the fact that they don't have yeah. David Robinson or anyone nearly as good. Yeah, but I otherwise, mean, exactly the same. I think it <laughs> needs to be mentioned too. I obviously I've been in the the hospital all week, so not me personally, but I, I mean I have been there personally, <laughs> but not for me. Um, my body was there, but my soul wasn't. So I haven't done the research, but I wanted to see at least over like the last you know since the start of the the 2000s at least how what like the percentage of uh teams have drafted like the players that have ended up winning the championship mm-hmm. it, it, i don't know if that really makes sense the way i said so, it, like, like the there's star, a lot of players the, you know whoever won nba finals mvp would they drafted by the team that not even just finals mvp with. but like but like the star on those teams yeah yeah, not even the star. I mean, just mean like the percentage of players the that like played meaningful minutes throughout oh, okay. the playoffs. Because it, you look at Denver, and there's what three, four, four or five of their kind of key players were just they're homegrown. They were drafted by Denver, and then they made some yeah. incredible acquisitions: KCP, Bruce Brown on an insane deal that kind of stole him. Aaron but Gordon. like. And Aaron Gordon, right? Besides that, I mean, I guess Jeff Green had an impact too. Uh, and you know, NBA journeyman, Jeff Green. But Jokic, Murray, MPJ, and Christian Brown, like they played extremely meaningful minutes and were huge, obviously, Jokic and Murray to the success of the team. And it's like, is there uh, how many other teams in history have had greater than 50% of the, the players that played meaningful minutes were just strictly drafted by that team. I don't know. I haven't well, and especially if a small market like Denver is going to win, 
That's true. That's where you're going to see that high percentage. That's very you true. Know, you know, when teams like the Lakers or, you know, the California and Texas teams, when, when they win, a lot of times they have a lot of free agents. Yeah, but, that's, that's true. But so guess what? Point. We don't give a fuck about homegrown teams. Let's talk about reckless free agent player movement speculation, patent pending. Um, I'm going to start. I guess I'm going to list them in my eyes by most likely to move to least. Okay, you ready? Let's talk first about Bradley Beal. I think he's gone because they got a new, they got, you know how it is. They got a new front office. Once you get a new front office, all bets are off. And the new, the new GM came in and had the guts to say he doesn't want to be a 34 win team every year. I mean, what finally, what bravery. (laughs) I'll take, I want more than 34 wins. So Seth, he, he looks like he might tear it down. Uh, where would you like to see Bradley play next year? If you were if you were uh, a man who could call his shots on his location, are you talking if I was Bradley Beal's like his agent, or just where would I like to see him as an NBA fan? I'd like both, please. Thank you. In no particular order. Hmm. Now I've flummoxed him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't have an answer for either. I was just buying time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. I mean, if I'm Beal, I want to go to a contender, but somebody who has enough money or assets that they could Mm -hmm. offload and still, you know, have a competitive team left over. Um, I think the Spurs would be really fun to see him play with Wemby, but I don't know if the timeline is really aligned there. I feel like none of these guys are going to the Spurs. Yeah, probably not. They all want to grow slowly. They're all hungry for a ring right now. Uh, Pelicans. Some kind the hell of hell knows what's going to happen in New Orleans. It's yeah, uh, I, I read a report today that uh, Zion is uh, growing uh, just within other with throughout the team. Just his relationship with all his teammates have has gone straight down the drain in recent weeks. I mean- Obviously, Washington would love that if they could somehow put together a package with Beal and picks for Zion. I think that would be pretty interesting overall. I think Miami. We were just Miami talking about Dame. Is one like, of the more likely ones. I don't. I, yeah. I doubt. I don't know how the Pelicans would work out, especially because they already have CJ. Um, but Miami, he fits right in, right? You just create a hero and Lowry or hero and Robinson for him. A couple picks and bada bing, bada boom, right? But the thing is. With CJ, obviously, I think he's on the the back end of of his career. And there's a lot of rumors that they want to make a play for Scoot in the draft. And if you do that, I think a Beal pairing with Scoot makes a lot more sense than a CJ pairing, just because Beal's younger, I guess. They're not getting up there, though, unless they're trading B.I. or Zion. They're not. They're they're going to. I think they're they would package Zion. No. Well, yeah. if that's the case, then yes, but I doubt it. I think there's that would be a lot wild. of rumors that there's going to be a lot uh, of trades the night that's of. That's always the case, up. though. I, and it never I feel like this year, though, there's been a lot more talk than previous years. Because after I mean, the first pick, it doesn't seem like really any team is super set uh, on a single player. There's still questions, right, about who is it, who has the second pick. It's Charlotte. Are they, it sounds like they are going to take Brandon Miller probably, but again, I don't know if that's even a sure thing still. Yeah, they're not sure. I was just listening to Woj um, on a pod today and it was kind of like, 
they're not they're not trading Zion. They've talked about moving up to the second and third pick, but if they're not willing to put in Zion, then it's not happening. So I bet that's going to fall through. Now, they, you know, Zion and Damien in Portland would be very interesting. I just don't think it's going to happen. And I also think, I feel like everyone's acting like in Portland is either they trade the third pick and keep Lillard or they take the third no, pick and draft gonna, someone and Lillard's gone. But I just don't think it's as black and white as that. No, they're just going to draft Scoot, try to maybe add some veteran, try to be pretty good now and hope that they get even better. As Scoot I just improves. don't understand if they – it doesn't go with it's what Dame wants, though. Like, Dame, adding Scoot doesn't increase their title odds this year. Dame obviously wants to win their backcourt is going to be flooded with talent then. And what do you like Jeremy Grant's your answer in the, in the front court. It can't be just him. Nurkic hasn't been him the same Nurkic in three years now. I'm just sick of it all. They just need to blow it up. If they could blow it up, just in go with scoot, get whatever you can. You can get, you can get a haul back for Dame. Just as now's the time to just yeah. reboot. I agree with that. Why can't Damon just try to play a lick of defense for once in his life so maybe they could win some games? That's what I understand. Well, I think we see it if he goes to Miami. Yeah, Miami's the one place, if Damon goes, that, that I would be like, I don't care how old he is. I don't care about his defense. He's going to fit right in, and they're already a championship contender. I mean, he's, like it just fits. He's, you know what I mean? Uh, he's Tyler Hero times 100. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I would even have to start cheering for the Heat if that happened. Well, the uh, the train's starting to move, but you can still hop on. <laughs> start Gator running the start. The wheels are in motion. Well, the thing is, it's going to be interesting with the Heat, right? Because if they don't want to wait for Damien and they're not missing on Beal, right? So I mm. wonder if they just snatch up Beal, you know, while they can, and, don't, and they're not waiting for Damien to decide out of Portland. But, as yeah, with both those guys, uh, Miami is one of the biggest – players um i think you're celtic seth they've been linked to beal in the past we have to at least mention it yeah obviously yeah, because Tatum of Tatum. and beal are boys and and same high think, school, right? yeah mm-hmm. st louis that would, and they're like both named their sons after themselves and both call them deuce which is like kind of interesting i think but um <laughs> Can you imagine them winning the the finals and just having Deuce Deuce on the court? <laughs> Double Deuce up. Uh, I think it would be a move that they would only do if they felt like they really needed to do something to keep Tatum happy. I don't see how you get Beal. You don't get Beal and giving up Brown. Jaylen. Yeah, yeah. And what is Beal if not just an older? Jalen Brown, who's worse at defense. Granted, well, Bradley Beal can dribble more than like two times, but still, I would want a little bit more. I think. Uh, I mean, yeah. Jalen Brown has just, been an All NBA player, so yeah. The Ringer just put out an article earlier today about like potential um, suitors for Beal. Would you mm-hmm. like me to read you uh, the list that they've put together? I have a list up as well. So let's there see. You go. So it's Miami, as we just talked about. I think it's got to be Miami. Uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Though they do say that it would be difficult to do, but 
as a suitor. It's the worst Middleton, I don't know. The Knicks? Yeah. Could be interesting. And then the Sixers. The Sixers had to be mentioned in any of these conversations because if we they lose Joel James Harden, him. well, if they lose James Harden to Houston, they're going to want to do something. Sounds like that Nick Nurse wants to bring you. Fred back. Not back, but bring him with. Right. They're going to get a guard if they lose Harden. Will Obviously, it be Bradley yeah. Beal? Will it be Damian Lillard? Will it be Fred Van Vliet? We shall see. Beal, you know, there's talks that they were thinking of trading for Beal when they traded for Harden in the first place, right? So they've shown interest before. Um, it's all the same teams for all these guys, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> these teams on the cusp that are desperate. Um, and the Sixers, I think, like, like you're... Um, mentioning like the Sixers what happens with James Harden is the first domino right you know this as it has been over it. the last how many years he's not even that good <laughs> how dare you <laughs> this guy puts up two he's the only reason they didn't get swept seven. by Boston in, in know, the yeah, second right. round he, he did have flashes of brilliance Should but get a trophy. Uh, if if the all these teams are clamoring for a guy who goes two for 11 and then I will say, I, I did see rumors of possibly uh, Lakers being a suitor for James, and I feel like that'd be really nice. Yeah, Lakers another one that's going to be a mix for all these players, right? They're looking to get out of the D'Angelo Russell game, Kyle, because they realize what? that he is actually playing a pickup game for every one of these playoff games. <laughs> I mean, the Lakers don't have anything to offer in a trade is the thing. They have those picks. The They've got two picks. picks. Russell. I don't know. It'll be interesting, but yeah, so that's Bradley Beal. I think he's just and going James to Miami. Harden. It just makes too much sense. Uh, if Dame is unavailable. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we got those three guards, basically Harden, Damon, and um, and Beal. I think Beal is most likely to be moved. Um, we should mention the Chris Paul thing. He might be waived. He might be traded. Should we just list all the same teams that he might go to? <laughs> I mean, I would be intrigued about getting him to the Celtics. How many mm-hmm. how many years now have we talked about the Celtics needing somebody to run the offense and set the table? He'd be perfect for them, honestly. Um, so I'd love to see that. I don't know that I'd give up Marcus Smart for him. I would. And I'm not sure how else we would get him. So You wouldn't give up Marcus Smart for him? I don't think beggars can be choosers. Am I a beggar? What are your? I mean, your second best player can't dribble. You're not begging. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what does Chris Paul have left? What he has left? He can't play a full year. Yeah, but he'll get you a couple. Maybe be healthy in the playoffs for one or two more years. Whereas how old is Marcus? Like 31? Not even? 29? So it's Marcus Smart, though. It's like who cares? Well, if they just wave him, it'll just grab him. You'll pick him up. I'd pick him up for nothing. Um, it's interesting. 18 years in the league. Man. And the thing is he's addicted to winning championships. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's going to be a very fun offseason. Anyone else you want to mention? I mean, the Zion thing is so up in the air, right? You know, they obviously don't want to trade him, but there's just so many murmurs going on there that 
he's oft injured and not committed to getting back on the court. So I think frustration is mounting and we'll see if it leads to anything, right? Raptors want to move up to the top three too. It sounds like who doesn't want to move up to the top three. Let's see if well, I can get think it it's done. Interesting, right? Like I think that's probably one of the most intriguing packages outside of like a, a superstar player that has a huge contract that a team would have to absorb. You get OG their first round pick. That's OG is good for Charlotte. He's better for Charlotte than Scoot is. If I'm he's, one of the, he's, he's essentially what you hope Brandon Miller to be. Maybe Brandon's a, a little bit better score. Yeah, I think so. I think you hope Brandon's better than that because you OG's never is. made an All Star game or anything. I I would take the odds of OG making an all-star game over Brandon Miller first. No way. Brandon Miller's a way better playmaker. Brandon Miller sucked in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. He was injured. I saw the, the x-rays myself. Uh, I'm not, if I'm, I don't think those teams are moving off two and three for OG and Anobi. I think they're moving off two and it's three. Not if just they're absolutely OG. blown away. You know what I mean? You got Siakam I know, too. I know, they could dangle Siakam out there. I don't give a shit about Siakam. <laughs> I'm not moving on for two or three unless it's for Giannis Zion Light, Wilson. dude. You don't want him? Giannis Light. Try Giannis Homeless. Not a chance, dude. Giannis Zero Sugar, caffeine free. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not moving away from two or three in this year's draft if it's not for a superstar. Yeah, Would know. you do it for Zion? I would do it for Zion, yeah. He's never made an all-star game. He's never made an all-NBA team. He just made the all-star game this year. <laughs> Did he play? No, but he made the all-star oh, game. Oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> Not an all-NBA player, though. As no. you know very well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I have more stake in that than even the Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> it's $100 of my hard-earned money on the line there. Yeah. Way more I would. I think I would. I would have. trade. I would trade three for Zion. I don't but, know. I think the the package that Toronto can offer, honestly, draft picks included and everything. Give me one. Of, give me those players and draft get picks the, over Zion. Get all the way out of here. I mean, Has Zion played twenty five percent of a season since he came into the NBA. It's true. And with him, going to become was, come three porn stars. So, do you really want to deal with that? Hmm. How many? I'm intrigued. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> Reportedly, OG was worth four first round picks or three at least. So, are three first round picks worth? I think you're really underestimating the number two pick. The... Well, most of these picks are in the 20s, though. This is the third pick in the draft and also a really good prospect. I yeah. think you're underestimating how big of a factor a S tier level wing defender is in the NBA. Well, I know that he's very valuable, but this, like I said, this isn't the 20th pick. This isn't four 20th picks. This is the third pick, which is way more valuable than four 20s. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you're not just getting the player. You're also getting. I get it. Their draft. I just wouldn't do it. And I don't think they would either. Yeah. I don't think they would. I'd be obviously higher on on the non superstars, so to say, than you are. As has been the case for years, but I just, and I'm pretty well, sure you've told me before most of my, you know, assessments turn out to be true. I just think that 
if I have the third pick or the second pick and I'm taking Scoot Henderson, I think that he is a, a potential multiple-time all-star, multiple-time all-NBA franchise player. And I don't think OG Ananobi is that or ever will be. And therefore, I value that pick enough that I'm not moving it for anyone but the who is someone who has the potential to do that. You know what I mean? I do like the fit of him on Charlotte a lot. I think more than Charlotte does themselves for some reason. Yeah, I don't know, really get why they don't like him. I, I don't get it either. Supposedly all his workouts have been absolutely stellar for every team that he's worked out right. for so far. I know. I think it was uh, someone like Gavoni or someone on pod today. I was like, yeah, you know, Scoot and, and Brandon Miller worked out for Charlotte. Scoot's workout was way better, but they're still going Miller. It's like, okay. <laughs> why even work them out then? <laughs> right. Uh, Kyle, is there anything else you're looking at in the draft besides that kind of two, three pivot, anything that you're intrigued by? Um, I am interested to see, you know, what OKC does, obviously, right? They're just stacked full of young talent. Are they going to package some of those picks? Obviously, I think there's been talks of them even trying to move up, mm-hmm. but can they package those picks and, and get another star? You get, um, what the fuck can I think of his name? Uh, Chet back next year. You obviously have Shay. Um, so I mean, you have the the Jalen's already who were outstanding in their first year, uh, one better than the other, but still, their future is extremely bright. And if not for Chris Paul, who wants to win right now, if someone can settle for just making the playoffs for the next year to two before they really make a leap. That seems like an ideal landing spot, but again, a small market team, what are you going to do? Yeah, it's hard for them to trade for a superstar, right? Orlando's really interesting, too, because it's like... 6 and 11 for them. Right, 6 and 11. What are you going to do, really? Because, I mean, you're stacked in the front court now. I think we've seen a lot of progress in the backcourt players over the last year and a half. But they don't really have that... I don't know if... Paolo obviously was great his rookie year. Is he, does he develop into like a true superstar? I think that's oh, yeah. still, you think so? Maybe, I mean, I maybe not superstar, but like all-star, I think so, you know? So, I mean, I uh, I think they're interesting too. I think Orlando is going to make some moves probably, draft night as well. I would love to see Fred on that team, just as a nice, like, you know, not committing too much money or anything, but like a nice, solid, above-average point guard who can shoot. Would fit well there, I think. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. So draft next week, I think. Um, uh, the twenty second. So a week from today. A week from today. Um, so that'll be exciting, and then we just get depressed all summer because we don't have any basketball to watch. I did announce earlier in the podcast, Kyle, without consulting you, that we'll be off the rest of the summer. So, wow. Um, but we'll, we may come back for a free agency pod. You know, just to keep the people engage yeah um okay well that's pretty much it nba finals are over uh i guess we'll just watch baseball all summer psych dude uh any parting thoughts seth first you're not gonna be watching mls no not even Uh, with uh what's his name coming to miami Lionel messi Messi? (laughs) this guy can't even (laughs) Come up with a simple name. It's been a long couple days, my friend. That's fair. 
Uh, Seth, this is your last thing you'll ever say for the rest of the summer to our listeners in Belgium and abroad. What would you like to say? Well, I don't know what y'all be watching in their interim, but for me, it'll be minor league handball. Yeah, he doesn't like the pros too much because they don't try as hard. He likes the... I'm thinking about getting into tennis, watching it, but I'd also like to play some. I love playing tennis. I know you do. I don't have a racket. Is that what they're called? You are a racket. Uh, (laughs) All right, Kyle, Give what do you have to say to our listeners for the rest of the summer? One berry, two berry, pick me a blueberry, hat berry, shoe berry, in my canoe berry, under the bridge and over the dam, looking for berries, berries for jam. He can remember all that shit, he can't imagine anything.